Welcome to another episode of All Fighters Follow Me. I'm Moff Ted. I'm Senator Faith. And I am Baron Andy. This episode is dedicated to Mark Vogel from the South Dakota Meta. This Tuesday, Chuck let us know that Mark, who is a, a player from his area, passed away suddenly, and that he is a member of his community that would be much missed. He was a listener of the podcast and a very positive influence on the community during a, being a player that was here just for the love of the game. Um, so to Mark and his family, this episode is for you and we are thinking about you. So today we are once again joined by Andy, who recently went to the Chicago Primes. Which means we have an aftermath report from Andy, not only for the Chicago Primes, but also for the Twin Cities Primes that you played in last weekend. Mm-hmm. So what do you want, what do you, how about you tell us about how those went and what you brought? So I guess I can start with the Chicago one first. That was the, uh... Chronologically appropriate. Chronolo- exactly. It was the chronologically first uh, tournament. Uh, that was on no- uh, November 30th down at uh, Pastime Games in Chicago. Or, uh, Schaumburg, actually. Schaumburg, yeah. So for that, I, I brought a list that consisted of Admiral Thrawn, a Victory Star Destroyer, a, a Demolisher, two Gazantes, and 134 points of TIE Bombers. Um, the important combo for that was I was running um, Admiral Chirino on the Corruptor title for the Victory 1. So Ad- Admiral Chirino says that if, even if your squadrons are engaged, they may move despite that, uh, and that you treat them as having a printed speed of 2. Corruptor, in turn, says that you treat any squadron that you activate with Bomber as having in, in, having a speed increased by 1. So, despite being in a fighter furball, you can still move distance 3. Which generally tends to surprise people. You can jump over to the other side of their ship and bomb the side, even though they've locked you down with their fighters. Yeah, that's what the fast rebel bombers get for movement to begin with, so it's no paltry distance. Exactly, and it also corrupted lets you get the alpha strike of moving your TIE Bomber's distance 5. And importantly, I also had Major Rhymer in the list, so you could move that 3 and then attack at distance close. Yep, Major Rhymer allowing all friendly squadrons within distance 1 to attack at close range instead of distance 1 against ships. So that makes for a pretty deadly squadron ball. Exactly, yeah. One of the reasons that I brought that list was... A former local by the name of Shane, uh, who played me, who I've played many, many times, uh, played me in a tournament back in I would say end of 2017, maybe, uh, where I was running full Sloan aces and he was running cor- uh, Corruptor VSD with uh, ruthless strategists, and he wiped the floor with me. And ever since I wanted to try something along those lines, so I put a bunch of time in learning this kind of list. Uh, it's I would say that it's. It's got a very variable amount of uh, attack output. It doesn't seem like it should hit from as far away as it does, despite having... I mean, Speed 5 Bombers can hit out from very far, but I remember my first time playing against it, uh, and I I showed up, and I was like, oh, you have some Bombers, but I have some Squadrons, so I can lock those down. And all of a sudden, Demolisher's in your face, plus, what is it, 10 TIE Bombers? Uh, 9 TIE Bombers and Dengar. And Rhymer. Yeah, sorry. Eight type bombers. Rhymer, Dengar. I gotta hang on. I gotta Tempest is in there. Five generic type bombers. Rhymer, Tempest Squadron, Gamma Squadron, Dengar, and I believe that's it. Okay. So still, a, a ludicrous amount of bombing 
plus bombing command center, or not ludicrous, but a, a, an impressive amount of bombing output. Bomber command center for the rerolls. It reaches out really far, even if you try to lock it down. It has intel, and it has Cherno, uh, just in case Dengar goes down. But even if it does have Dengar, he's giving counter to all of your TIE bombers, so if you try to gun their bombers down, which are cheap, so the amount of damage you have to put into them to the counter you're taking back is almost not worth it a lot of the time. Yeah, that was one of the big big things. You know, you have to get through Tempest to get to, get to Dengar in the first place, and then from there, Chirino can still have the bombers move past. It's effectively bypassing the squadron game by saying, okay, fine, you can you can fight my squadrons. They're going to ignore you and hit the ships. But yeah, I remember you tore, you absolutely tore my list apart. I think I was running my uh, my old Jerdrod, uh ISD2 double raider list, and you just just completely wiped me off the board. I might have killed... I think I might have killed Corruptor, but it wasn't too I, close. I don't honestly remember. Yeah, it's been a while. So, um, But yeah, it's pretty spooky list. So who did you all play against? So let's see. Round one, I played uh, Mike Bowman, who you guys may know as Comatose on the forums. Yeah, Faith played him at the end of the Chicago charity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice guy. Yeah, um, we played a really, really fun match where uh, basically... He deployed his whole column... I, I deployed my bombers first, and they were all sort of visible. And he deployed, effectively moving lateral away from me. So my bombers were playing catch-up the whole time. And he put his B-wings, his famed Speed 6 B-wings, in between my bombers and his ships. Um, How do you get a Speed 6 B-wing? It's, uh, what is the combination? Fight, it is... Flight, con fighter control teams, uh, all fighters follow me. He doesn't have all fighters follow doesn't me. It's, it's just three... It's just three uh, it's like uh, fighter control teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I have two Peltas <laughs> and Yvaris. Ah, that'll do it. Um, and so, anyways, I basically chased through his cloud of fighters, and we had the swingiest mid-game ever, basically. I managed to, with a full activation of bombers, one-tap Yvaris, and on his next activation, we played Precision Strike. He um, rolled one red out the back as Demolisher was fleeing, managed to flip a structural and blow up Demolisher. So you had some really big turns. It's it, it's not super common that Yavaris just gets bombed off the table. Yeah, that was one of the, the considerations I had with building this list. I, I had a whole lot of iterations where it used um, external racks on Demolisher to help with the fighter game if I needed to. If I needed to just throw some black dice at fighters, I had the flexibility. I ended up switching it to Assault Proton Torpedoes because... What I found was that with the Thrawn Squadron commands that you're using to toss all the bombers forward, um, you could use... Uh, sorry, Merrick Steel was also on the list. That was the squadron, I forget. That was it, yep. Uh, you could use Merrick and a TIE Bomber to jump into the side arc of Yavaris, clear the shield, and maybe deal one damage, and then Demolisher rolls up and throws APTs on it and has a... I don't remember the exact math, but it's something like 70% chance to just one-tap Yavaris. And that was a big consideration with building the list. So yeah, just being able to take out that enemy uh, squadron support. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you're taking enough X-Wing shots from Yavaris double-tapping, those are going to wear out bombers pretty quick. Exactly, yep. They can they can clear the squadron game, or they can just try and bypass my squadrons and go for... Yeah, I suppose since most of your squadrons, you have Merrick and Dengar and Tempest are not heavy, but... And Gamma. And Gamma. I should know that because I love Gamma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are the reason I put Gamma in that list. You, you, you showed me the value of Gamma Squadron. Fantastic squadron. Um, not always great if you're playing against a Superstar Destroyer with Callus because it's just getting more dice and you don't have a brace. Um, but still, the grit and not being heavy is almost always worth it otherwise. Agreed, yep. 
And that was another consideration, speaking of Superstar Destroyer. Um, you know, as we talk about the enormous threat range of Corruptor, um, being able to stay out of the SSD's uh, long range and actually get bombing hits on it and still be able to command those squadrons was a big thing I, I was thinking about in building this list. Oh, sure, yeah. I can alpha your SSD and take out your shields. You can flatten, but you're not going to hit Corruptor. I get to activate it again. Yeah. Corruptor's only taken two hits. The SSD will kill Corruptor in two hits. But Does Corruptor have two on it? No, it has Cherno, so it can't have yep, two exactly. So yeah, very, very vulnerable to H9 and Ravager, which are the common, very common on Superstar Destroyers, um, especially Assault Variants, so... Exactly, and, and Intel Officer and mm -hmm. all of those. So who did you play on your second round? My second round was a game against uh, Chris Rome, Chicago, North of Chicago native. Yep. We also played him on uh, at the Chicago event, both Faith and I did, so now all three of us have played Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you guys had the opponent swap in round. Yep, and, and he, came, he came up also for the uh, Primes in Twin Cities. He did, yeah. Yep. He stayed with me, actually. That's right, so... So he was running a list, and I don't remember the exact components now, but it was Demolisher, Harrow, an ISD, and I believe one Gazanti. Okay. May have been two. Um, and he chose my fighter ambush. He, he had a bid and chose first player. Chose my fighter ambush. And so I dropped my whole bomber wing. I deployed in the corner with uh, Corruptor, or sorry, yeah, Corruptor and Demolisher and dropped my whole bomber wing between... His Demolisher and Harrow and my fleet. Okay. Uh, I put Rhymer in the middle specifically so I had that big threat range that if he flew into me, all my bombers could hit him at close. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't get his Harrow out of my uh, my bomber cloud turn one. So I stripped the front shields turn one and then destroyed it turn two and then turned on Demolisher and then basically just played a runaway game from his ISD. His ISD was a little bit further away from me. Okay. He ended up taking out my Corruptor, um, but I tabled him otherwise. So that was a 10-1 with the uh, fighter ambush points. Oh, wow. oh yeah. So, yeah, I suppose you were getting a lot of those because you were just hitting with bombers constantly. Did he have any squadrons? He did not. He had no squadrons. No. So absolutely nothing to stop you from just completely steamrolling him with bombers. Mm -hmm. that, is the, that is the threat of playing squadronless. You really got to rush them and kill other ships, uh, and you can't let them plink you to death. But you know the those uh, those those tie bombers or B wings or whatever bombers are hitting you. Those sandpaper off shields and hull real quick if they're laying into you. Exactly, and in the era of large ships being the common thing in the competitive meta, um, a flurry of small attacks are going to overwhelm your defense tokens real quick. Yeah. All right. So then round three. Round three was against Jerry, who I, I am not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name. I do not know how to do it. It starts with an S, I believe. Yeah, S-K-R-Z. Yep. Um, uh, I'd have to look at it. Um, who I played last round of the Chicago charity event. How do you do against him in, your, in the last round at Top I Table? I achieved vengeance for Ted. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you bring honor upon this house. So he was running, I, I think it may have been the exact same list that you played. He was running... Um, MC-80 with Dodonna, Yavaris, a bunch of generic, mostly generic fighters with Nora and Nim. Yes, that's And then the two, two GR-75s. He had gold against me also. Believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, the bomber contingent of that is pretty brutal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really fun bomber versus bomber matchup. Uh, so he chose to be, he chose my uh, fighter ambush, 
and deployed in sort of a castle formation on one side of the board. Yep. Uh, with the MC80 on the far MC80 towards the center of the board, Yavaris and the flotillas towards the edge of the board, and I deployed opposite him, facing away, from, uh, facing towards the corner away from the MC80. Okay. Um, he chose to engage my fighters really early on, and moved a bunch of Y wings up, or a Y wing and a few X wings up, and moved into Corruptor's flak zone. And so Corruptor got a bunch of Ruthless Strategist fl flak off on his bomber contingents, which sort of withered it a little bit. And then, just like in my first game, I had Demolisher come up into the side arc of Yavaris. It pulled Merrick and Gamma, I believe, who both have Grit, pulled them out of the fight, jumped them up into the side arc, and then w walked in and one-tapped Yavaris and rammed a flotilla to basically win the squadron game. Okay, so, yeah, you took out his squadron pushing. Um, he has... FCTs on his MC80, but I take it that was a little out of the fight at that point. Uh, I believe he had engine techs on it in this iteration. Okay. I, I don't remember, to be honest with you. All right. Well, against me, he had fighter control teams, and I, he played my rift ambush and got to double double FCT. Yeah. That's terrifying. Um, anyhow. So I took out the took out the fighter contingent, or sorry, the uh, fighter pushing. Fighter pushing. Thank you. And then pretty much just was able to repeatedly flack with. Corruptor to take out the rest of the fighters. Okay. Um, in the end, I did actually end up moving... Like, the MC-80 started chasing Corruptor, and I ended up flying it off the board trying to run away, <laughs> which, not my proudest moment. <laughs> yeah, flying a ship off the board is always one of those things you look at, and you're like, this is a very preventable fate. But sometimes there's a equally dead fate that you run up trying to run away from, so... Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually flown a ship off the board. Yeah, you're way better at maneuvering than everybody else I know. <laughs> I call it the faith maneuver, where I just barely don't bump into something or yeah. fly off the we, board. I don't think we've posted enough pictures, but faith is capable of landing ships within, mil within a millimeter or two of another ship without ramming in her own formations. I they tend to be her own ships. Oh, yeah. yeah, consistently. <laughs> they... They like to stick together. <laughs> but, you know, they have a very, very small personal bubble. Oh, yeah. They're very... So, so yeah, so... So, final result of the tournament was a... Well, I got 28 points. Jerry had 23, I believe. Yeah, it was an 8-3 in the final game. Um, largely due to the corruptor flying off the board. Uh, 28 to me, 23 to Jerry. And then I believe after that was... Kyle? I think it was Kyle okay. with 22. Kyle Wolf? Kyle Wolf, yes. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, who's also at the, the charity event? I've been chatting with him a bit, so... Yeah, he and I played at the charity event. Oh, that's right, yeah. He played first round, so... Nice. So how did you feel flying the VSD for this list? I was I was really happy I could get a VSD... A, v, a VSD 1, and a VSD 1 with Corruptor, no less, to actually win a regional. Yep. Uh, that... that it, I, I really enjoyed it. The... The thing with it was that I wasn't actually using the ship. It was more of a platform for the bombers. Well, yeah, but VSD-1s have traditionally been, until the Quasar came out, they were used as a squadron-pushing ship. Mm -hmm. So I always, I actually kind of still prefer them because the VSD is, does have more durability than a Quasar. And if, it, and if you jump up on it and don't wipe it out, they can hit pretty hard back. Especially mm -hmm. if you have, like, do you have external racks on yours? No, I have no. Um, okay. ordnance pods. Ordnance, oh, that makes sense. I didn't sense. even mention that. Ordnance yeah. pods for the double ruthless strategist flag. Okay, so that's your weapons team and your and your ordnance. So yeah, that actually makes that uh, 
very dangerous for enemy squads because tie bombers are cheap and have a ton of hull. I mean, five hull for nine points is honestly silly. Mm. Um, I mean, ten points for six hull on Y wings is better. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, tie so, bombers are the dollar store bombers. Yeah. <laughs> they are, and they're worth every dollar. Penny. But they're Every dollar credit. store bombers. Credit. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, anyway. So yeah, that was uh, Chicago for you. Unfortunately, we weren't able to make it down for that one just with um, work considerations, mostly for me. Mm. Having to grade for you know a few hours every weekend or so makes it a little difficult to go out and be driving around so much. But I'm glad you were able to go down and um, take home the Chicago regional. Uh, Chicago Region's Prime Award, so that means you uh, get to go to Worlds. I do, yes. And already you're qualified it. for Worlds. Um, yeah, we also... Worlds registration was on Sunday of this week. If you're not looked in on Adepticon, I would check soon. They will be running out. Faith and I both registered for the last chance qualifier at Worlds. I actually looked and found out my spring break is that week, so I can go to Worlds this year, because normally Worlds is in the middle of, you know... Um, testing or something like that that I have to be at work for so that that aligning this year was was great for me because I, it's hard for me to be able to take off you know Thursday Friday yeah plus the weekend um, with how they turn it and especially for worlds when you kind of want to go to down Wednesday to get all set up and see people a little ahead of time and get settled in so I've, and I work in an office where as long as I put in PTO I'm Likewise. I'm well, fine. I have... Actually, no, I don't have PTO for that. I, I don't have vacation, so just sick time. Which, teacher, so helpful. Anyway. So, Chicago, here we come again. Yeah. All right. We might also be down... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about if we're going to go to the other Chicago regional, because for some reason, they get two. Prime. Something about Primes. being... Yeah. Whatever. A larger <laughs> metropolitan area. Yeah, but the game's made here. We should get two. If only Tower could. Uh, yeah, they probably don't have the space for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tower Games is a great store that I go to on a usually weekly basis, at least. But they do not have the overall table space required for a Primes, I don't believe. Because I think you need to be able to host at least 16. Yeah. Or they could maybe put small... up. They could maybe put up eight, but... We've hosted some small uh, events. Usually like I've kept those events points. at 12. Yeah, yeah. 12 did. They could probably fit 16. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but so then, speaking of uh, around home, though, you also played in our Twin Cities Primes. Yeah. Um, and having secured my spot for uh, Worlds, I figured I would run something. I was trying to debate what silly list I would run, so I ended up deciding on the Rebel version of my Imperial list. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, worked out well for you, so might as well. Yeah. Uh, this list the, the was... good twin. <laughs> <laughs> so this list was um, an MC-75 uh, armored cruiser with ordnance pods, ruthless strategists, and general suite of defensive upgrades and strategic advisor. Uh, Nebulon B with just the Yavaris title, and then bomber command center flotilla and commsnet flotilla with Torin. And seven time, or sorry, seven Y wings, Nora Wexley, Ten Num, and Jan Ors. 
So same essential concept, um, it's a lot slower, unfortunately. Yeah, not having speed 5 uh, is lame and you shouldn't do it, so that's why you should play Imperials <laughs> instead. Speed 5 plus close, baby! Yep. Uh-uh. <laughs> it seems, uh, it's entirely legit to me. Anyhow, so we got... Let's yeah, go well, and um, Y-Wings, despite also being heavy, they, they're slightly better at shooting other squadrons, they're more durable, and overall, uh, same bombing-wise, but that extra point of hull can, can definitely come into play. The speed matters, I would say. It, that's, the, that's the big toss-up, is you, you lose a speed for a hull, and I would say generally for a striking squadron... The speed is only relevant usually the first round or like round five or six once ships are running away. Yeah. It uh, it does make a list play in a substantially different way than the um, Crufter list, though. This list has to castle a lot more. It has to sort of play defensively because the ships are not super durable. Yavaris has no upgrades on it, aside from Yavaris. The MC-75 has uh, electronic countermeasures, but nothing else really in terms of defense. Um... So, I don't know if you want me to go over round by round, or just kind of uh, a general overview. You could overview. just go a little over your opponents. We should definitely get on to talking about our uh, knightly fleet command as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, so I will go... Just a quick overview there. Uh, first round, I played an Imperial list that was a... I, I believe it was a Jergerod list. It was effectively... He said it was going to be a Remoti list when he comes out, but it was an ISD, two Architans, a Gazanti, and a small complement of fighters. Um, and he ended up turning his ISD away from the bombers, and they got into his side arc and just, uh, and just blew it up. Uh, round two, we talk about the uh, speed problem. I played against uh, Nick Latrenta from the Chicago. Chicago, area. yeah, from Chicago, and he realized he. I had set up in sort of my castle formation. Ships were going pretty slow, and the bombers were out in front of me, and he was running a no fighters list. Yep. And he realized that he wasn't going to be able to take me on. He chose instead, he was second player, he chose to disengage the fight. He had hyperspace assault, and so he was going to try and disengage, force me to spread my forces and then hyperspace assault in something behind me. And the bombers just couldn't catch up to him. So I remember the, he dropped an Architans. Yeah, he, yeah, right. He dropped an Architans into the rear arc of one of my Gazantis, or uh, GR-75s, and one-shot it. Yep. And ended up winning the game, I believe, 45 points to zero. Yeah, which is pretty tight for where you guys are. And you guys were at second table at the second time, table, so yeah. getting a 6-5 is pretty pretty tight in for being at that spot. Because the as as we, we talked about this, um, we recorded with Matt already, but we're going to post this one first. But uh, we'll, we'll get the one with Matt later, or Matthew, um, who was visiting. But there were four 10-1s the first round of that tournament, and all the rest of them except for one were nine twos. There was one table that was a seven four. That was the lowest table out of the first round. So it was a highly contentious tournament. Oh yeah, that was the same thing we had in Chicago actually. It was oh, yeah? I was on third table with a ten. Yeah, it's always interesting seeing that because if you if you see a lot of six fives, you know it's just people kind of dancing around each other, not really engaging. Or sometimes it just is a matter of, you know, the dice went cold for both players and nothing really happened. I know I've definitely talked to some folks, or I've had some games where it's like, we're slugging each other with, you know, chunks of dice and doing three or four damage that's getting braced down. But when you're dealing 
two damage after brace to a star destroyer, that's not killing that star destroyer. Mm-hmm. And of course, the other option being mutual tabling. Yeah. Um, as when Which when is, Matt and I did our warm up game, it was mutual tabling. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you guys played over here, um, and you kill destroyed each other, and that's just an automatic six five to second player. Which we rediscovered after. I, I, I was gonna say I think that's the second mutual tabling I've ever seen. So it's not a rule I'm I have to be familiar with a lot of the times. Yeah. But in the in the current meta, it comes up a little more with how much um, damage is just being thrown out. I mean, superstars like Ravager, superstar destroyers, uh, throw out a hideous amount of damage. But if you really start laying into them, they go down too. So and but yeah, you've played Nick's second round, um, and I know he did the disengage. So then third round, where did you end up? So I ended up I was on third table. So Nick Nick beat me six five, and so I ended up down on third table with a fifteen with sorry with fifteen points, and I played against um, Nate. Nate, thank you, Nate. Um, Nate Nathan Ray, I believe, right? Sounds right. Yeah, from Kansas, Nebraska. 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 Yeah, yeah okay. he came up from Nebraska. I, I talked to him a bit. He was he was really nice. Yeah, and so he was running a, a list archetype I've I've been uh, enamored with for a long time of the Quasar Demolisher uh, three, one of the three in this case being Raider, uh, two other Gazantes, and then he ran I think it was a hundred and twenty-ish points of uh, Tie Defenders. Yeah. So I think it was five Tie Defenders and Merrick Steel. Correct. Yep. And that's a that's a heck of a squadron uh, squadron compliment to throw out the number this. So the Quasar can activate all of them in one activation. Yep. Alpha, drop all those dice on you. And then the and Demolisher and the Raider can just do whatever they want. Exactly, yep. Uh, and so he and I played a pretty 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 tight game that ended up going pretty heavy my way. Um, he tried to Alpha Strike my fighters that were in front of my MC-75 and ended up in flak range of the Ruthless Strategists. Ruthless Strategists plus uh, Link Turbo Laser Towers can almost one-shot the defender right and so i had engaged them with all the y-wings got yavaris flak got the ruthless strategist flak and won the squad game and then turned the bombers to blow up demolisher and the uh, raider yeah ended up with a 10-1 for second place great so congratulations you got a first and a second and a prime so that's uh, a solid record going on um speaking of records uh schmitty and is it Biggs that's also running yep. that? So the Steel Squadron guys, who also have their own podcast, which I've listened to, and I would highly support listening to them. They have some uh, really good in-depth stuff about uh, looking at uh, like th- theoretical level of stuff. We, we usually talk a little more about this cast, about like simple combinations and uh, strategies of the game, but they really go in-depth, uh, and they have their own blog to go with. So if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, definitely look up Steel Squadron. Uh, the Steel Squadron Untitled Podcast. I am in high support of it being called the Big Schmitty Podcast. <laughs> which I, I'd have to look up who on the forums put that forward, but uh, I'm, I'm, in your, I'm in your boat there, guy, uh, if you're listening. So, uh, Untitled Goose po- Podcast. Untitled, Untitled Goose Podcast would also be fun. Um, but yeah, so had a good showing at Primes, and... With a victory star destroyer, no less, which has been a malign ship for ages. The only person that I've really known that super loves victory star destroyers um, is Shane, who abandoned us for Ohio for work or something. Um, <laughs> darn that work stuff. Darn that work stuff. But we Real we do life. we do miss Shane. He was a super fun player to have in our meta, and I hope he's hope the meta that has him now is appreciating him as much as we did. 
Um, Keep on pushing that jank, Shane. The jank. Uh, his IS or Interdictor Triple uh, Seventh Fleet Gladiator list <laughs> was a legendary piece of uh, piece of list building that I will not forget soon. Um, but Shane was a big proponent of the Warlord uh, title for victories, and he'd run H9 Warlords, which basically turns victories into a TRC-90. They just get to almost... Oh, he also had an intensified firepower... Si uh, I forget if it was a Simon or a... Simon. ISD yeah, it was a Simon, not an ISD-2. I, I was wondering if it was an ISD-2 with uh, Chimera, but I think that might have been one of his iterations. But there, if, there are many variations of yep. Warlord plus a big ship. Yeah, but uh, he... Uh, yeah, having that, oh, my VSD just turns a double red, even out of its rear arc, every shot was abysmal to deal with. Hmm. Speaking of Warlord, that also won a Primes. Yes, uh, that won the Spokane Washington Primes, if I believe. And I think so, yeah. I, I don't remember the player's name. I know the Discord is I Am Potato, who we see, uh, who has spoken a lot about his Warlord build, so and he now has gone out and proved that it is effective. So um, so now that we have Warlord 1, Spokane, Corruptor 1, Chicago, Harrow 1, the Twin Cities, so the only unique title for the Victory Star Destroyer remaining to complete the Victory Lap. Hashtag Victory Lap! Hashtag Victory Lap. Hashtag Victory Lap. Is Dominator. So I have created a Dominator list. And to, to go over <laughs> all of those uh, titles, Victory Star Destroyers are renowned for being slow. So speed to one click of yaw at one, and one click of yaw at the second joint at speed two. They have eight hull, three front and side shields, one rear shield. Their front battery of six dice, it's three red, three black on an I a VSD-1, and three red, three blue on an ISD-2. The side batteries are two red plus either one red or one blue, depending on the type, and both have two red in the back. They have one brace, two to redirects are command three, squadron three, and engineering four. Um, they have both, they are the first ship to have both the offensive retrofit and uh, weapons team combination. Uh, which means they can mount boarding troop teams like boarding troopers or Vader. Not that that's very common. Um, they're a slow ship, unfortunately. They're a slow ship. They just don't get there to do that most Move of the time. Move like a rusty shopping cart. Yeah, broken shopping <laughs> cart is exactly descriptive of their maneuvering, unless they have Jer Gerard or Harrow. Um, the, the speed 2 is really what holds them back a lot of times. The squadron 3 and the offensive retrofit and weapons teams... Like I said earlier, they made the the one, which is 73 points, which is a little expensive, but usually workable. Um, made them a, an excellent battle carrier. They're, like I said, more tough than a uh, Quasar. They have two more hull, and they have three more total shields, plus a far heavier weapon complement. Um, I, I will say, Jerjerod, Minister Tua, and the dif disposable capacitors... Upgrades have brought that ship a little more into its own um, as to where it was after the ISD came out and it was just completely overshadowed. Mm -hmm. Because the the more upgrades you put into a VSD, the more, to make it effective, the more close you were to just having an ISD-1, which just did everything better and still didn't have a defensive retrofit. Mm -hmm. 
I remember when we were first playing Armada. It was like, VSD doesn't really seem that great. Yeah, it also really does not like getting hit by Akbar. No. Which, and when you were playing Akbar and I had nothing but victories, uh, went poorly for me. Yeah, <laughs> then they started introducing all this fancy stuff for Imperials. Maneuvering charts. Maneuvering. <laughs> yeah. Things with speed three, even four? What? I mean, I'm that, a rebel, that's my thing. Yeah, that, there, there is. My that. ships go zoom. <laughs> yeah. Or stay there and get shot. Um, <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be. Imperials <laughs> still only have one speed four native ship. We do have a couple. We do have a speed three ship that can get engine techs. Um, everything else is speed two or three without engine text, so. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, victory, difficult to use, tough but not tough enough a lot of the times, slow. I mean, when it gets there, it punches. That front arc hits hard, but unfortunately, it's reasonably hard, easy to get around, even though it has a very broad front, front arc. Mm -hmm. It's hard to keep it on target with the poor maneuvering chart, you know. You can get get your one pass, but if, they're, if, they, get, if they have two ships... One of them is easily just going to turn out of your arc, and you have to choose, and you may miss both of them depending on activation order. Yeah. But either way, like I said, there's some other things. Uh, the Victory 2 is 85 points, which is a heavy amount to be paying for what you're getting, especially after the introduction of you know Wave 2 forward. Mm -hmm. um, I find that often the durability of a and increased maneuverability of an interdictor is worth more than a Victory Star Destroyer for me. Um, but right now, as I have started working on Victory Lap and using Dominator, I'm using an Interdictor and a Victory, which is, to be fair, what I started playing the game with. So I'm kind of going back to my roots here, which, is, which has been fun for me. I got a Raider and an Interdictor and a uh, Victor. So the four titles... So, Andy, you can you described Corruptor. Do you want to mm -hmm. go over Harrow 2 for us? Yeah, so Harrow is... You gain one uh, support team slot in your upgrade bar... And uh, if you make a speed one maneuver, you may execute that maneuver as having two, uh, two yaw value. Which many other ships have, and it is extremely helpful for getting that very broad front arc on target. Yeah, and, and with engine text, <clears throat> you can take the engine text maneuver at that two yaw as well. So you could go speed one, engine text, and then have a fake speed two maneuver with two clicks at each joint. It's... Really maneuverable, and if you need to catch up to something, you can go with that quote-unquote fake speed three uh, with pretty good yaw while you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and then the Dominator title, which is... I, I've played it in two games in the last two days. Uh, I've got a couple extra games in this week since I judged 66 games last Saturday. It's only just that I get some games in of my own. Quality spaceship time. I still had a lot of fun running the Primes, um, and I, I definitely look forward to running more events in the future, um, and we'll let you know when something's coming up. I'm thinking I might try to do something over uh, the holidays here. But I was thinking something as well. Anyways. Okay, so we, we can discuss that, and uh, we'll uh, let you all know later, especially for locals or anyone out of town that might have time to drop down. Understandably, it's the holidays, and everyone's going to be busy uh, with other things, but... What are you talking it, about? There's nothing more holiday-ish than Star Wars. It's true. Die Hard. Ooh. Have you seen the holiday special? No. That's okay. That's a family tradition so for Lars, my side of the family. Larson family tradition. <laughs> we watch the Star Wars holiday special 
every Christmas Eve Eve. So the 23rd. So the 23rd. It's not the Christmas spirit if I don't get to watch Mala, Itchy, and Lumpy celebrate Christmas. Ce- or, sorry, life celebrate day. Life, day. life Day. Yeah, that's a, that's a um, Mala, case of... Mala, Chuck and Lumpawuck. That's a, Real fans know their that's names. A, that's a piece of cinematography that I've seen three times yep. now. Um, You'd love it every time. Uh, sure. We <laughs> Moving on, though. Um, so Dominator's a 12-point title that when you're attacking, you can spend up to two shields to add that many blue dice to your attack. It doesn't specify against ships or squadrons, so you can actually flack with it, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't done yet, but... I'm backing that up with a projection expert's interdictor and just engineering constantly, so I just get those more blue dice uh, and a modi because I need the extra hull to survive spending all my shields to shoot you harder. Um, but I've I've really been enjoying just more dice. It, the build I'm using has spinals, and I'm throwing four red, five blue, which is getting into like reasonable you know, ISD shooting levels. And VSD does, a VSD 2 with disposable capacitors does have the strongest native, well, native, quote-unquote, um, long-range attack of any ship in the game. True. And that's definitely coming up. So, yeah, the I I had it uh, one shot a Quasar with disposable capacitors. The other, or no, sorry, I didn't use disposable. I used a Dominator to add two dice so, I mean, nine dice into a, a Quasar, you get a couple of accuracies, you get eight damage, and it's not there anymore. Um, it <laughs> hits really hard, and which which is kind of fun coming from, I mean, it. my build caps in it nearly ISD2 costs, which, is it worth it? I'm not sure yet, but it has been enjoyable to play. Anything to get Dominator that regionals win, primes win. Primes win, yeah, I've been doing that constantly, too. Um, but yeah, so... We're working. If you're going to a prime soon and you want to help us complete the victory lap, hashtag victory lap 2019, 2020. Woo! Make sure to get that that dominator on the table. Get some practice with it. 12 points is a lot, but it is is a fun ability. And just getting some extra dice out of a VSD. um, I mean, the front arc is really scary, but if you can get five dice out of the side or six with a confire... That's starting to get respectable. That was what really got me, but I was, I was theorycrafting stuff, and it's like, wait a second, I can throw my front arc out the side? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's something I didn't think about when I was first looking at it, is I was figuring, oh, this has to be front arc, because I was... Wait, no, hang on. Is it front arc? No. Front that's arc, Devastator. Front arc is Devastator. I also love Devastator, and I've talked, I think I've talked about that. That's that's one ship, uh, ISD title, Devastator. Um, I like to run with the Vader list when I'm playing. Um, just a, a fun, casual game. So, but yeah, Dominator is something I'm practicing with right now. We're looking at going to the Des Moines uh, Primes in February 2nd? First. 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 Um, specifically first, because we're not going um, on certain ho- uh, family holidays. So, anyway, so that's that. Anyway, um, once again, this episode is going out to Mark Vogel and his family. Um Still thinking about you guys. We will be letting you know if there's any benefit for his family. I've been in communication with Chuck, uh, who is the host of our uh, parent podcast, Armchair, Armchair Admirals, as well as the leader of the South Dakota meta. So to Chuck and all the other South Dakota players, um, 
you have the deepest condolences of us here at All Fighters Follow Me, and we are thinking about you guys. I'm Moff Ted. I'm Senator Faith. Baron Andy. Make sure to follow us on Armchair Adventures. And on Instagram at AFFM.official. May the force be with you.